This is a Think Live B production. Can I ask you something? Sure. I um, love answering questions. Do you think that you can take a vacation and feel like you deserve it or feel like like you can actually take one? Like like for real, yeah. like where I can I don't feel guilty mm-hmm. for taking the day or the vacation. I don't feel uh, like I'm so needed that I can't do this or any of those things. Have you gotten to a point where you feel like you can do that? Mm, That's a good question. No. Um, (laughs) No, it's more (laughs) yes and no. I think that I, I, I've gotten to a point where I feel like I deserve it. And I know this sounds silly, but I definitely in my first like early years, like, if you're not uh, achieving your your goals and things, you just feel like you didn't earn it. Like, well, I didn't earn this day off, <laughs> which mm-hmm. is crazy because there's tons of studies and 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 research that shows that you actually do better when you take some downtime. You're more productive. There yeah. are companies that build their whole, um, you know, time off policies around around that where like they know that their employees are going to be more productive if they force them to take vacation time. But when you're your own boss and you're in control of your decision making, sometimes you make bad decisions and you push yourself thinking that that's going to. And that's probably more. It's not. It's probably from guilt, right? Like that's that's what that is. I think it's like I feel guilty taking a vacation, taking time off um, because I didn't hit my goals or whatever. And so why I don't deserve to, to do this. And so if I do it, then I feel guilt about it yes i guess my point is is i i i know that that's how you have felt in the past um as the years have gone on has it gotten easier yeah yes and is it is it is it has it gotten easier because of is well i know that the answer to this is both because of leverage and also um because of your rationalization of, yeah, I do need this vacation and I'm going to take it. I'm sure it's a matter of both, but. Well, and it's not just vacation. It's just like simple time away from work. So let me give you an example. I used to feel, and I still do, like, let's say um, as an agent, we often do not just work, you know, nine to five. Like my computer and my business doesn't shut down just because it's 5 p.m. And so if I if I'm working Saturday and Sunday for a long period of time, I might really need to take some time off during the week because I need time to do my laundry, <laughs> like simple things mm-hmm. that you can go on these long stretches, especially as an independent single agent where you don't have leverage. Um, and, and I've been in these positions where you can go on these long stretches where you really have not had time off to do any personal things for weeks at a time. And then I'm not condoning that at all. I'm just saying that that is, that is the life that can happen. If and you don't, it can happen. All of a sudden you look up and it's like, I haven't stopped in four months. Yes. And I shouldn't say that is the life. <laughs> Anybody that's like just getting into real estate, they're like, yeah. what? <laughs> well, it can be it if can you're be. not, if you're not careful. Yes. 
So I guess my point is I have felt guilty and still do if I need to take like an afternoon off, just a half day. Like I need some downtime because I've been going really, really hard. It I can feel really guilty about that because you feel like you're supposed to be working during that time. And so what happens if I don't respond to an email or a call? Or what happens if I was going to take that afternoon off and then all of a sudden somebody calls and says, hey, can we go see this house? Yeah. Well, I definitely don't have the self-discipline to say no. <laughs> right. See, that's the next step, I guess, right? Is One day I'll figure this is to be out, able to, guys. Is to be able to tell people no. Nope, can't do it today. You're going to have to wait until tomorrow and and be okay with saying nope. And then it's like 95, 98% of the people will be like, okay, that's cool. And there'll be the 2% that are like, well, I'll just go find somebody else to open the door. And it's like, see you later. Like you got to be okay. Like, and that's part of leverage. That's part of having the business to not worry about it. But it's also something different, which is, you need that time to be able to say, nope, can't do it today. I'm going to do it tomorrow and not follow those people around because all of a sudden you look up and it's four months later and you haven't taken a day off Well, so can- and you do and your productivity actually is lower than it would have been if you would have refreshed and. I I feel like um, I've got so many things running through my mind because this is the constant struggle um, about like this whole this whole podcast. It's, it's not just about time off and, and stuff, but like what is the biggest thing about being the best agent or business professional you can be? The biggest challenge to all of us is time management. It's like it's a bold law. Like if it's not in your schedule, it doesn't exist. Well, same thing holds true for time off. What makes you feel guilty, and I'm speaking personally, like what makes me feel guilty is trying to quickly take some time off because I'm burnt out instead of planning for it. Mm -hmm. Because then I feel like, well, nobody knew I was going to be off this afternoon. I didn't tell anyone and they need something and I can't just leave them hanging. Right. Then it's you're not really off and then you get frustrated and angry. Because you you wanted to take the day off, but you can't take the day off because somebody called out of the blue Mm -hmm. or whatever. And if you don't have the leverage, then, you know. Well, and then so you have to the you have to think about this. And this is where I I still struggle is like you have to plan ahead for it and know that there are going to be stretches of time. So if one of the things I set out to do a couple years ago was like, I just want to take one weekend day off. Right. Like I like every week, you mean like either a Saturday off or a Sunday off. Yeah. Like I'm going to make sure that there's at least one day where I have time to refresh myself. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times I spend that time working on the business, not really like off off, but even that time is a refreshment to me to get out there and be more productive the next day because I had time to really think about what am I doing to, to move forward, not just like, oh my gosh, who's closing today? Like I got to be in inspections, like all the day-to-day stuff. Mm-hmm. Like you're not thinking about that. So, but I had to, I had to like it, make that intention and then I'm still not perfect at it, but I can, for the most part, say that over the last few years, I think I've, you know, for the most part had at least one Saturday or Sunday where I wasn't, ha- at least didn't have to go out on appointments. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like thinking but, through that. I'm like, maybe I still had to write an offer or do something, mm-hmm. but I wasn't, but it wasn't a full day. It wasn't a full day. And most of the time. And I think like, that's what Pat always says. Like, what do you say? What's your little 
You're trying to get like 80%? Yeah, 80%. (laughs) You're not looking for a solution that's going to solve 100% of the problem. Because it's not there. It's impossible. And if you strive for like, I'm going to 100% of the time be off on Sunday or whatever, and something gets in the way, then it's even more annoying and frustrating. Yeah, You're just trying to get it close to the pin. As they say, you know what I mean? Like that's, you're not trying to hit a hole in one. You're just trying to get it close. Just get it up there on the green. And that, and that's, I'm wondering how much we can go back. Like, I'm wondering if like, there's a few ways to do this, right? Like, so I know that that was always very important. Like back when you were just a single agent, pre-assistant. I shouldn't say just a single agent. (laughs) But when I was a single agent. Okay. You know what I mean. Uh, This was an issue, what we're talking about right now. So as of yesterday, now you're saying, I've, I've, uh, my schedule has, I've put it together in such a way that I can take a day off. I can go on a vacation because you've spent years figuring out how you how to go on that vacation and the first step was to hire an assistant. The next step was to maybe I need some buyers agents so that they can take these buyers that are coming in off the lead, the leads and then it's I'm going to get a showing assistant, a showing agent who can actually show those properties on Saturday so that I can it was a long process that you went about rather than or in, in including um just saying, I'm not going to do this on a Saturday. Like you kind of took the long route of instead of telling my clients, no, I'm going to continue to tell them yes, but I'm just going to hire people to be able to do those things. You see what I'm saying? Like there are plenty, plenty of people. I think I would be one of them where if somebody were to call me on a Saturday and I already had plans and it wasn't the day before I would have set that, those expectations. And I'd be like, no, I can't do it. And then there are plenty of people who do that, well, but you're not that kind of a person. You want to be able to be there for your clients and, 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 you know, this business, you got to make money. You can't just turn away work and stuff, but you did go about it in a kind of roundabout sort of way where. <laughs> well, okay. Okay. So I, I agree. Um, and I would say this is a long journey of personal growth. Yeah. And figuring out what works. I mean, you're you're if you're listening to this podcast, this is our like this is what we talk about. <laughs> um, it's called seeking the best. Like we're trying to figure out the best ways to to handle things and overcome these hurdles uh, in our personal and professional lives. And one of the hurdles of being a real estate agent, whether you're an individual agent or a, a team owner or a team member is finding balance and finding time for yourself. That is one of those hurdles. So this this is our podcast. This is what we're talking about this week. And I'm Catherine Stelgis, one of your hosts. And Kayla is not here today. We're doing a, a secret podcast without her. <laughs> well, let's be honest. It's We're right around... It's almost Christmas, Christmas. time. We're, uh, yeah. So, and, and we got, have some family coming. Yeah. So we wanted to... We do record this podcast in our house and, and we'll have family in town during our normal recording time. So right. we, we have to move, we have to shake things up. And it's early in the morning and it's on a weekend. So we don't <sighs> want to have to force Kayla to <laughs> get in her car and drive all the way over here. So we're going to do this. 
yeah by ourselves today and then patrick fatika oh hello uh sound engineer producer extraordinaire that's me and um has personal firsthand knowledge of how this struggle is real mm-hmm. through all I'm, of my frustrations mm-hmm. <laughs> over I'm, the I'm, years. A, I'm a witness you're a witness to it but it is it's a personal growth journey to sort of realize that you have a problem <laughs> Which is, I don't have a personal life anymore, um, and I don't even know what that is, and to figure out ways to develop that and make time for it. You also, this is this is way inside baseball. This is, but um, you say you don't have a personal life anymore, but, and this will, this is probably going to be for listeners too. You get to that that age where. People start getting into relationships and start having kids and they have their own lives like, you know, in your 20s and stuff. Everyone's going out every night and that's the most important thing as you get older and stuff. And that starts to to change a little bit. All of a sudden you look up. Right. And the friends that you used to go to the movies with have a two year old and aren't out. It's real easy to just keep working. And then all of a sudden you look up and your personal life is <laughs> and gone. <you're> old. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it does happen through that time. Like you have to make a conscious effort. If there's, if we could go back to the beginning, this would be of all the things outside of creating a sphere, <laughs> right? As being the most important. But number two on the list is this. You know, that's funny that you said that because I was, um, I woke up really early this morning. It was I like know Christmas you did. Morning. I know. It's not Christmas. She's like, morning. it's a Christmas. It's like 6 a.m. It's a Sunday morning, by the way. It's like, no, it's not Christmas. We're like four to five days away. <laughs> But I I ran downstairs looking for Santa (laughs) and I found my new bold planner. (laughs) Nerd. I know. But I did. I I got a new planner for 2022 and I was wide awake. So I opened it up and I was just kind of reading. The first few pages are about setting goals for the new year and stuff. And the, the focusing question from the book, the one thing is in there a lot. And it was made, you know, it just makes you think. It's like, what is the one thing that is the most important that if you did it, everything else would fall into place. And like sometimes I think we get in this this mindset that it's sales related. Like, well, I just need to you know make more contacts or do more open houses or um, set more appointments. That's all true. But like it probably is more personal. Like if I could just, you know, um, wake up every morning at 6 a.m. and find a little personal time there. Or if I could just do cardio every week, I'd have more energy that would lead me to be able to be more productive in sales. Or if I could just make sure that I actually have a day to myself once a week, that would make me more productive. Like it, it really is probably your your entire sales career. If I could go back in time and change the way that I managed my time and thought about time, I'd probably be way farther along. Yeah. Because it is so important and you shouldn't feel guilty, but that's easier said than done. Yeah. It's like, it's like, because think about it, like, like you have take more time for yourself. Now, granted, there is leverage, which didn't exist back then, but hear me out. You take more time for yourself, even if it's just a Saturday afternoon or a set or a morning or whatever it happens to be, let alone vacation time and stuff now, than you did in your second or third year as a realtor. 
but you're doing way more business now than you were doing then, right? So second year as a realtor, it's like, well, I've got one buyer and then I've got a listing that somebody's going to do next month and um, I've got a couple people in the pipeline and that was it. And somehow your entire day, seven days a week was filled up, right? And now we won't ha- don't have to get into numbers on here, but it's way, way different. <laughs> and yet you can still manage to, I'm going to make cookies this Saturday. Now, granted, you have other leverage and stuff, but you don't have as much leverage as you do versus business, like leverage to business to what you had to uh, when you were a second year agent. You're doing, you know what I mean? But no, 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 of course. I totally understand what you're saying. And I think part of that though is, is not just leverage, it's um, fine tuning things. Oh, so that's true. Can yeah. I explain? Mm-hmm. May I explain? Um, <laughs> getting your permission. Um, okay. I have gotten buyer appointments and seller appointments down to 45 minutes. Every now and then they go a little bit longer. Yeah. But my goal when I go on an appointment is I'm in the, in and out 45 minutes. With the dawn of virtual appointments becoming more... Um, more commonplace possible um becoming possible but also just more of the norm you also like 45 minutes on let's say i set an appointment today um for a weekend if it's 45 minutes and i'm at my house well i don't have to drive anywhere yeah and that means i'm in and out much more quickly pj's from the waist down that's right (laughs) so what i mean is i've fine-tuned the 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 appointments so that I'm in and out in a in a timely manner mm-hmm. and like okay I'm going down a little well, bit of a rabbit hole okay but and I was gonna do that you're too. gonna rein me back in. no 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 I was gonna say I wonder for the people listening that are newer agents I think that's a really good piece of advice that maybe you just kind of skirted right past but when Catherine goes into a buyer consultation or a listing consultation, she says before she goes in there to herself, this is going to take 45 minutes. And I wonder how many newer agents, six months, a year, two years in, walk into those and walk into those meetings, walk into those appointments, and actually have given themselves a time limit of when this is going to be over. Or they just start talking and it just goes until it ends of its own fruition yeah you know what i mean like that's a that's a really good little nugget of advice that i think that you just kind of skimmed right past but there was a time when you it's like oh that listing appointment took three hours took two hours they wanted to show me all around the house and and tell me about all the things they did and then they talked to me about their son and how what he does and blah 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 and it's like you know how people get and stuff and it's like that would never happen to you now never Can, can i tell you where that came from though yeah um, I, well, I think it's it's a lot of things over the years and going to different classes and learning and stuff, but um, going to a class about time and somebody said, I think it was either Ben Kenny or Chris Suarez said in, in their class about time, uh, like basically cut all of your impo- appointments in half, all of your meetings and appointments, cut them in half and see if it matters. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hmm, that's smart. I'm going to do that. So I did. Now, my appointments were, I don't know that they were an hour and a half. 
No, I just then? no, I just remember like on especially a buyer consultation. Oh, a listing appointment but for li- sure. List, uh, yeah, listing appointments. I I just remember. I remember you going on because a lot yeah, of times gone half the day. Yeah, well, a lot of times those listing appointments don't happen until people get home from work or they're on a weekend. So I'm around. So it would be like Catherine's going on a listing appointment. <laughs> See you it, later. It's at five thirty, and it's like she comes home at eight. <sighs> Right. And that's not that wasn't a weird thing back then. Well, so, OK, this is a little bit of a rabbit hole, but let me let me um, explain how that works, because I think a lot of times people go on a listing appointment, myself included, back in the day. And I would I would have all of this information and I would go through all of this stuff. And then if they wanted to list the property, then I had to go through all of the paperwork. And then I'm also going to get the room measurements because I'm already there and I don't want to have to do it later. Anyways, you could be there for like two, three hours if you wanted to. Um, It would be really easy, especially if you got somebody that has a lot of questions. So, you know, really think about what is the most important thing that needs to be talked about in a listing consultation. And this is where for that particular appointment, um, I took a cue from Bold. And there's three things we're going to cover in this appointment. Number one, we're going to review your motivation to sell this house. So you tell them this. This is part this of This is the- part of the script. And it, this is from this is from Bold and I'm sure this is like copywritten or something, but like the point is there's three things we're going to cover. We're going to talk about your motivation to sell the house. We're going to go over the market and tell you what, you know, explain what to expect, look at pricing. And then we're going to decide today if you want to list this property with me, right? Those are the main points of the conversation. So if you, if you, um, I'm not going to read the whole bold script, but uh, if you figure out what's the most important point of this appointment, that I'm going on, then you can fine tune it and say, how long does that really need to take? Mm-hmm. The motivation I've already gotten, I've talked to you on the phone, so I've already got it. I'm just going to review it and make sure that I've got it perfectly clear when you need to move and and what what's driving you to move. And then the market stuff we've talked about in the listing consultation, I'm, I'm just showing them a few comparable homes that I picked out that I think best match what their home is and letting them look at the photos and then asking them, is this superior or inferior? I have eliminated, by the way, doing a mar- a full market analysis for people when I'm going on a, an appointment with them. Why? Because I don't work for you yet. Yeah. <laughs> right now, I'm just going in for a consultation. So that's what we're going to do. We're c- going to consult about the market. I'm going to show you some comparables, ask you what you think of them, and then say, okay, so if you think this one is superior, well, that one sold you know, for $375. i am just throwing out random numbers. So you would agree that your home might be might sell for less than this, right? What about this one? That only takes a few minutes because mm-hmm. you've already got them picked out. And then um then you're gonna go over, you know, you're gonna go over a few other things. Um this is this one isn't about listing consultation, so I'm gonna wrap this up. But the point is that it does not need to be a two or three hour long thing. And once I realized that and realized that the point is to get them to commit, mm-hmm. you could just get them to sign one document and you'd have the listing, and then you can send everything else electronically. You do not need to go over every point in every document. You just need the listing consultation signed, or right. the listing point, listing agreement. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then, and then you're out the door, and then you're setting the expectations that okay, now I'm going to do these things. Is now I work for you, right? Now I'm going to do these things and spend some more time on it. So, just. 
think about all the things you do during the week and what's, you know, how long do they take now and ask yourself, can you cut it in half? And, um, for, for agents, I think your most of your time is spent on listing appointment, buyer appointment and showing properties. Would you agree? Yeah. <laughs> I noticed that lead generation wasn't in there. Well, I meant like appointments. Now you could argue that a lead generation is an appointment with yourself <laughs> and it should be the biggest <laughs> right. time block in there. But I just mean lead generation. I think you, you can control that time if you time block and say. It's in our stick to it and stick to it. Right. And I know that's a whole nother conversation. Yeah. But the the stuff that can really get off the rails are the buyer appointments, listing appointments, and showings. Oh my gosh, showings can really go. Well, off the and rails. also and also like you know another big tip that you've kind of implemented over the last few years is um, things most of the time have a way of working themselves out. There's no reason sitting by the phone and trying to or or looking stuff up on Google trying to figure something out. Um, it's just to prove you're right or whatever. It's like things will kind of figure themselves out and come to some sort of conclusion. It doesn't do you any good to sit and do a bunch of what ifs and I need a solution to every single what if because I don't know what's going to happen with X, right? I've when had it comes quite to, when, a few of those moments this it's, year. It's like wait until there is an actual some, actually something in front of you and then go figure out the answer. Don't figure out every single answer of every single possible solution to any sort of problem that that that, that could be, you know. Well, what you were just describing though to to not feel guilty. So going back to circling back around <laughs> to um you know, being able to take time for yourself and not feel guilty. I think that that comes with um, not only like planning ahead and making sure that your schedule is really tight and that that you're not spending too much time on things that don't require it. Mm -hmm. Like that all helps you prepare to better balance your life. But also, um, where was I going with this? We're talking about like figuring out solutions that you don't need to figure out solutions. Oh, yes. I've had quite a few of these moments this year where again, I've said this before, but one of the best pieces of advice that I was ever given was that, you know, if you, if, if, if you get like some urgent message or something, let it sit for a little bit, because most of the time when you come back to it, it will have resolved itself. Best piece of advice. Thanks, Bob Mm O'Brien. And, um, that's not how it was worded, but that was the general gist of that piece of advice was that, you don't need to jump on something. It is never a house that's burning down. Right. It, it is never a fire. And even it just, and, and it, even it if it was, like it. yeah, even if it was, they're not calling you. They're calling the. They're fire calling department. the fire department. And, so you're not you're not jumping you're not jumping in the car with a bucket. So yes, relax. So over time, you realize that that is true, and and you have those moments where I just said the other day, like our my small win was that like I I was waiting for this negotiation. Uh, we were going back and forth on inspections and I was waiting for an answer and the time was past the deadline and I was really starting to stress a little bit. And then you, you were like, just go do what you were going to do. Mm-hmm. Like I was going to take a shower, but I was like waiting by the phone, mm-hmm. <laughs> like go do what you were going to do. So I went and took a shower and I came back and guess what happened? They agreed to the, the terms. Right. And, and there was a time, we'll take that, that as, an, as a tiny example, but there was a time Oh, quite a while back where I think you would have said, I need to figure out 
what happens if they say this? Then what am I going to do? Exactly. What happens if they say this? Then what am I going to do? And if they say this, what am I going to do? No, and then I need to then I need to research exactly how that's going to work on every single one of those things. I think a lot of that has to do with confidence and what knowledge. You feel like you, um, you know, you need more support of of understanding, right? You, your first day walking on a tightrope, you need to have a harness on you. You need to have a net. You need to have uh, the pole. Right. You have to have all of those things. You want to be four feet off the ground and stuff. You want all of this stuff to be able to to be able to do it and to be able to be safe. And that's, I think, what happens. And then the more experience you get, the less you need the net and the less you need the pole and the less you need the harness to the point of where you can just kind of. I think that's true. One hundred percent. Do you know how much time must be spent? And this is not just real estate agents. This is just people in general. Like how much time is spent on wondering about what if scenarios right. that never actually matter? Yeah. Like, oh, what a waste of life, you yes, know? Absolutely. And I think you learn that as you get older, too. Like I I feel very um like I'm getting old and, <laughs> well, and, come on. and, and, uh, and, but I, I do, I feel like I can sort of let that go. Yeah. And well, because sometimes I got, have to remind myself yeah. though, like just step away. It will work itself out. Whatever's yeah. going to happen is going to happen. Yeah. And, and even if it doesn't work, it's it, even if there is an issue, whatever it happens to be, whether we're talking about a different, a, another agent and their craziness, or you're talking about, you know, uh, what happens if, if we can't get insurance on that house or whatever it happens to be, there's a certain amount of proactiveness you need to do just in general. But you understand the difference between being proactive and overly researching solutions to problems that don't exist yet. Yes. Right. There's a balance between those two things that you have to kind of find and be aware of. Yes. One hundred percent. And and so but through that like learning process of of hearing somebody give that advice and then seeing that be true multiple times, then you start to believe it that like. I can step away and go do what I need to do and not constantly worry about things because it's going to work itself out. I've done everything I can mm. up to that point. If you can say that with confidence that I've done, I've done my job. I've done everything I can up to this point to make this work. And if it doesn't, there is nothing else. Like right. we just move on. You, you know? sound like me. I know. <laughs> That's what I say to you. <laughs> but, the, but I was going to say the fast track way, I think, because I'm talking 15 years of like, learning through experience the fast track way to to get on board with that is to just get really busy if (laughs) you if you're out there selling a lot of houses you do not have time to think about all of the what if scenarios it's in the downtime where you don't have something to do that you can really waste your time yeah you make yourself busy yeah you make yourself busy with stuff that doesn't matter for the newer agents that are out there listening that maybe do you know your average is like 12 to 15 sales a year. Do you think that the agent out there that's doing 200 sales a year is also doing what you're doing in your off time of researching the, uh, you know, every, you know, where does the, where, you know, all, all of the, the minutia that you get locked into when you're on Google looking or Reddit, looking up answers to something, trying to figure out a solution to a problem that has yet to exist. I do think the only reason that people do that is because they're, they're insecure and scared of not knowing an answer that somebody to a question that somebody might ask. So they want to have every single answer in the chamber ready to go before the question gets asked. And like we said last week, 
you just say, if, you, if they want the answer to a question that you don't have right there is, let me take a look at my computer and I'll get back to you. And nobody, nobody expects anybody to have the answer to everything every second of the day. You know what though? Can yeah. This is a little bit of a rabbit hole too, but uh, I like him. I like going on these little tangents. I know, I know, I know. I've been around you before. <laughs> this isn't just in this, this these conversations. Conversation. Yeah. What did you just say? You said, "Let me go look at my computer and I'll get back to you." Yeah. Okay. So that is a great statement. Or let me go ask somebody. Or let me go do this and get back to you. Point is, that's a very succinct little answer mm-hmm. what do people actually say oh well um i'm not sure but i think it's this blah 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 and keeps talking and right. rambling and not making any sense because you don't actually know the answer <laughs> and then you say but i'll go confirm that and get back to you mm-hmm. because and again i i do think as i get older this this is just things that you you just grow as a, a person and as an adult and a human being and you realize that like it is more professional to do to to just tell them I'm going to go find the answer and get back to you. I'm not going to sit here and ramble about things that I don't actually know the answer to, but I think I do. Yeah. And guess what? As a newer as being a little bit older and seeing having vendors come to the house and asking them questions, they see right through it. <laughs> like you're 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 BSing and trying to figure out the answer as you're on the fly and you don't really know. At the end of the conversation, you've given them nothing because you don't know the answer, right? So you're just kind of spitballing and whatever. And it's like at the they asked you a question, you didn't know the answer to it. You pretended to, to you danced around the answer that you don't really know. And at the end of the day, you gave them nothing. And they know that you gave them nothing. So why give them nothing? Why not just tell them, I will find the answer out for that of that for you. And I will get back to you in an email or I will call you or whatever it happens to be. Right. And it's like, put yourself in their shoes. If that person told you that, would you go, this person doesn't know what they're talking about? No, of course not. You would just say, okay, sounds good. I I think that, um, and I shouldn't say it's as long as you get back to them. Right. If you With that, right? Like that's that's do what you say you're yeah, gonna do. Do do what you say you're gonna do. If you don't, if you if they ask you, yeah, 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 and then you don't get back and you go, oh yeah, and they ask you about it again and you go, oh yeah, I need to find that out. You've messed up pretty bad. Well, so that's unacceptable. That's unacceptable. That doesn't if apply. I, if I ask you a question, if you're an agent or you're whoever you are, and I ask you a question and you don't know the answer, that's perfectly fine. But if you tell me. Let me go figure that out and I'll get back to you tonight on that. And tonight comes and goes and I have to ask you a second time. I'm done with you. Can I can I tell you so I feel like sometimes with buyers today they um they they do have a high level of um like urgency and demand on things because mm-hmm. we're in this we're yeah. in this world where you can get like I they get, get all work, work well then they get this market everyone's all worked up and yeah nervous it's, and, it's all that too but yeah. they they can get answers to things yeah faster than sometimes you can humanly respond to them right if they can go look it up faster than you can tell them the answer that might make you feel like insecure that like right. like they say what's the school i'm just giving a total random example but like what's the school zone and you're like oh, i don't know yeah let me get back to you <laughs> let me get back to you and in the meantime they just looked at their phone looked it up and said oh never mind i found it don't you, you feel a little stupid 
but you shouldn't because no one actually expects you to know the school zone for every single property. Now, if you're going to, if it's your listing, I think you probably should know the school zone. Yeah. (laughs) But if you're going and showing properties, again, I've said this multiple times, I do not spend time because if I did, I wouldn't have time to have any personal time. Like this is back to the, the personal time. If you did everything that you think you need to do and have every answer that you think you need to have, you would not physically have any personal time left. So I don't start researching houses that people are going to see, excuse me, except for the basic information that I can see within our MLS. Um, Now I have the resources with me while I'm going to show the property so that I can quickly get them the answer. Mm -hmm. And I do that by having open the school zone or the city permit. But if they ask me a question that isn't easily, you know, found, I have no problem telling somebody that I don't know the answers to mm-hmm. that question. People ask me all the time about capital gains taxes. I am not a CPA. Mm-hmm. I do not know anything about your tax situation. And so I tell them that, like, I'm not a CPA. Right. But there was a time, a long time ago, or being a new agent and not knowing what you're supposed to know and not know, of where somebody would ask you a question about capital gains taxes and it's run to Google and see what you can figure out and you could spend all day and say i think i've got it well, and it's like but it's not your job right you, and you can and know the, you can know the basics and did i look it up sure that's what i mean <laughs> but but the reality is is you didn't need to know that that answer and you could have told them i don't know what that is i don't know the answer to that you need to talk to a cpa about those things and you will just with experience absorb things over time where you get a better understanding your world and the world surrounding real estate you start to absorb more and more and more and more until you get a really good well-rounded opinion and view of everything but you can't just sit and cram off of google about capital gains taxes and how they work and what and you you just can't do it so i do so yes what you're describing so in capital gains taxes was probably not a great example, but I do believe that you need to know some basics about certain things that affect people's real estate. Yes, of course. Wait, no, but let me finish. Yeah. Um, What I mean is I do know the basics about capital gains taxes enough to tell someone if they're about to sell their primary residence within a year of ownership, I want to tell them as their advisor Mm. that they should talk to a CPA about the tax implications. Mm -hmm. So I know that they're going to have tax implications and I'm going to point them in the right direction. I'm not going to try and tell them how that's going to work out, though. Right. Even if I went to Google and read a whole bunch of stuff on it. Yeah. And, and that that's one facet of a thousand things. We could, it could be uh, it, it could be about how they actually do the uh, what kind of uh, insecticide do the termite guys use or what is it that how do they actually do that? And what is it that this person does when they come and do an inspection on this and all of those? All of those, there's a million different things of where you can go and try to look it up and spend your entire day looking things up. But is it your job to look it up or is it not your job? Or, or and I mean, I'm, I'm trying to think of specifics. Well, but the, but, po- the point is, is uh, back to the time aspect of all of this. The point is, is that that is there is a lot of stuff that we tend to do as agents that is truly a waste of time. And we need to get in the habit of planning our day, sticking to our schedule so that we can, in fact, 
step away and feel okay about it and not feel guilty about it. But you have to make sure that you're, you're busy. Like you, I I didn't learn this until like the last year maybe, but like you have to really plan if you're going to take your, like, I'm going to take Saturday off. Like, what are you going to do Saturday? Or even if it's just, I'm going to clean my house, you should probably put that in your calendar as silly as that sounds. But by putting it in the calendar, it provides a visual that like, I'm not available during this time. So when somebody calls me to ask me for an appointment, you have to be diligent in I'm not, not going to give that well yes not reacting and going yeah I can do that and then trying to rearrange your schedule to make it work that's another issue problem there too and how your time weekly time can get all bent out of shape is nobody needs an answer right that second right and when I say right that second I mean I actually mean right that second like take a minute and say I don't know let me open my let me open up my calendar right how how many times when somebody says, can you do this on Saturday? And you're like, I think my Saturday's open or whatever it happens to be, right? It's a super hot lead and stuff. It's like, yeah, I can do that. And then go, oh, I'm already booked for something. Maybe I can switch that around or it's just a dentist appointment or whatever, right? It's like, take a second, open up your calendar, look at the calendar and then say to yourself, is this going to work for me? I just thought of something. So yes, you it sounds have- stupid and simple, but it does. It, it is something that I've seen kind of happen from time to time. Yes, you have to, but but that's what I was getting at. Is like it's a visual cue, just to have it in there. Say, what am I going to do on this day that I want to take for myself? Just block out what you're going to do. Like think about how you're going to spend that time, so that it when somebody asks you. Can is there any way you can do it on Sunday that in your mind you're already cleaning your house and like you don't have time to do it any other day so I'm going to I'm going to stick to my schedule mm-hmm. <laughs> but that also takes self-discipline too. Right. Yeah, <laughs> that's why I said, yeah, it does take the it takes the discipline but it gives you a minute though. Like your knee-jerk reaction is to say yes to everybody whenever they want to do it and you're in control of your schedule. It's your schedule. It's not theirs, right? So but but your re- knee-jerk reaction is to say yes to everybody because it's setting an appointment and well, I want to or what when it comes I, to appointments or, uh, I think that's where we or, get really yeah. off track or, or showing a property it's this mark and if it's not this market it's a different market and it's something else but for this market it's it's oh well if we don't get in there on Sunday it's going to be pending by Monday so we have to do it and all of those things and it's like and are you going to show the property on Sunday probably right but you're not just saying yes it's like well you know what I can't. I, I will show that property on Sunday, but we're either going to see it at 9 a.m. or we're going to see it at 6 o'clock, but we're not going at 2 because if we go at 2, it's right in the middle of the day and my oh, whole Pat day is shot. hates when I schedule things right in the middle of the day. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> well, we'll get into yeah. more of how to avoid. All right. Let's take a break. And we're back. We're back. Um, I almost started singing. I know. <laughs> well, we watched the um the Beatles documentary Get Back. Yeah. And uh it was so good. Yeah. And now all those songs are stuck in my head. So get well, back. Well, yeah, especially yeah, I mean if you guys haven't seen it, 
Uh, I, no spoilies. No, no spoilies. <laughs> I recommend you do, but they are recording an album, so it is nine songs over and over and over again. Yeah, so you really, stuck. yeah, yeah. They're all so good, though. Yeah. Like they're just, yeah, yeah. Highly recommend. Um, but anyways, we're back, uh, and we're talking about uh time and how to have it. <laughs> well, we all get it. We all physically have time. And it's just how everyone you sp- gets the same amount. Yeah. It's just how you spend it. Well, up to a certain point. Oh, right. Oh, <laughs> oh man. That's depressing. Yeah. Dark. Um, this is dark. But anyways, uh, this is leading up to Christmas week. And one of the things that I am doing this week is taking some time and I don't feel guilty about it. Um, I'm my brother is coming into town with his fiance and uh, fiance. <laughs> My fiance. Seinfeld. Is that Seinfeld? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, and uh, and I am basically clearing my schedule for those two days. They're only in town two days. It's like if I can't take two days off. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think you have to. Right around Christmas. Like put that into perspective. Like I can't take two days off for my family that right. I don't see that often. Where, then- the, where I'm off. Where it's like no one's going to call me. I'm not setting any appointments. I'm not talking to anybody. Now, worse, now if there was an emergency, whatever. But yeah. like we said, how many emergencies are there where it's like things need to happen right that second in real estate? Zero. Zero. And I will say I am going into the office for one thing. And let me explain why. I'm going into the office for a seller signing um, on Tuesday. And the reason is because my brother (laughs) likes to wait till the last minute to figure out when he's coming to visit us for Christmas. So it's his fault. (laughs) Well, that's true. Well, and that is true. I could have changed. We wanted, you wanted a, a, a schedule of what days because you're planning and that's part of the job is to I the more time I have which is why we make um, vacation plans a year in advance this is the week we're going on vacation so really right? th- like think about think about this because this is something that I have not always done but I the more I the more I fine-tune my schedule the more I think about this if I get an offer for a listing And the day of closing is a day that I'm out of town. And it's important to me. Now, some people don't go to their closings, whatever. But like if it's important to me to be at my closings, then I might suggest to the seller that they move the closing date an extra day or so. An extra day isn't going to kill the deal, by the way. And I might tell them like, hey, actually, I'm going to be out of the office that day. And I like to attend my closings. Would it be okay if we move the closing date to the 23rd or whatever? Yeah, And any reasonable person and even semi reasonable person goes, "Okay." But you can only do that when you're getting an offer. And you can only do that if you have two things. Number one is that you're. Uh, you're conscious of your time and making sure that when you're scheduling those dates that that you choose wisely and mm-hmm. that you think about it. It's not just up to the buyer and the seller. Um, it, it is part of your schedule, too. Right. right. So think about that when you're looking at these offers or you're making one. How does it fall in the week? But the other the other part of that is you have to have put into your calendar I'm going to be gone this day. Right. So the sooner you can plan for vacations or time off, the better off you'll be because then you can really plan your schedule because we, because we aren't in control 100% of when closings happen or when houses come on the market. So that's why it's always like, you got to be flexible and I got to work with other people and blah, blah, blah. And you do. So that's why it's even more important than all of the other stuff. 
is is in the calendar down. and nailed down. Yeah. So I'm going to this closing, um, but only because of my brother. <laughs> right. Because he took too long. <laughs> because to he took too long. Get tickets. To, yeah. To to figure out when he was coming to town, and it's no big. It's not a big deal. It's we're a used to little, it. <laughs> yeah, we're we're used to that. Um, but other than that, I'm clearing my schedule, and 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 the the not feeling guilty part has has been a personal journey of of just realizing that everything's going to be fine. It does help to have leverage. So I fully understand you if you're a single agent and you're like, "Well, I want to take off, you know, the 23rd through the 27th, but I can't because I've got clients." work you know work through that but also and also understand like well I don't have the money to hire an assistant or I don't want to hire an assistant and or and all of those things understand that that's fine and you can do that but getting on to that first step of hiring an assistant will leverage you to take a break recharge and get more clients to not only pay for that uh, leverage to pay for that assistant, but will help you generate more money and give you more time off. So leverage isn't, so it's like there is something to work towards there. And if it was me and I was going to give a newer agent advice, my advice would be as soon as you get in the business, start thinking about how you're going to hire somebody to help you as an assistant. 100%. I would, would be totally my, change. That, if I could change anything, I'd yes. go back and bring on a, an admin right sooner. Away. Right yeah. away. What, what I was going to say on that, though, is um, let's say if you're thinking, if you're listening to this episode, well, you're already too late because it's <laughs> the 22nd if yeah. you're listening to this, right? But if, if you're thinking about taking a few days off, just tell your clients that you are now might you have to work like maybe you can't take off four or five days if you're a single agent um and it's a busy time of year right that's the difference yeah maybe you can't do that yeah no of course i don't think you can i do believe 100 that you can tell your clients i will be out of office on christmas eve and christmas day yeah and nobody will say what right and if they do then you have to be at peace with that, that yeah. like, okay, well maybe that those people, if they go out without you, good luck finding somebody to show a house or whatever. Or, yeah. But if they go and do that without you, then it's good riddance. Yeah. And we're not going <laughs> to negotiate the contract. We're not going to talk about uh, what, what the inspection report on Christmas day or Christmas Eve or any of, any of that stuff. We, I think we have an episode maybe from a year or two ago from, where there was a time many, many, many years ago where we were at Catherine's mother's house for Christmas and she spent an entire two days with a difficult old client. He was very old. He was a, wasn't he like a realtor at one point, like in the sixties, he was, okay, he was so he knew, uh, he, he was a commercial realtor in the sixties. So he knew everything. Right. And, and the, that old, uh, mad many kind of negotiating tactics and, and kept her working all through Christmas, but she, because she felt like she had to. Well, I felt like I had to. And, and so I'm going to go back in time to that and and here's what I've. This is like our. This is our Christmas story every year. Like um, like <laughs> our little tradition is to tell this story. Well, so I'm gonna go back in time. I. Th- this is what I um what I've learned through that though. Yeah. Is that I thought that I had to because he wanted to close by the end of the year, and the only way that that was going to happen was 
for me to figure out this, like there was some issue with, uh, financing and the, the lot, like it was like a double lot or some nonsense. I don't remember. And in order to close by the end of the year, I had to be on the phone with like the title company, the lender, and like trying to figure out a solution. What I have learned through that process is number one, ask people in advance if there's anything important about like when they're closing, because that particular deal was not set to close by the end of the year. He decided that he wanted to close by the end of the year and the buyer wanted to as well, which I understand there's reasons for it, but I'm going to bend my entire holiday and not spend time with my family because you got a bug up your butt that you wanted to close by the end of the year. So what I've learned is ask people in advance when you're taking the listing, is there a specific time that you need to have this house closed? Or if you're moving, like by when do you need to be in your new city? Ask those questions up front. And then when you go under contract, I reiterate to people that the closing date is the closing date. And that, you know, we, we don't move that around now in reality, sometimes it gets moved that can happen, but, um, yeah, but if you give people, um, guardrails, because it can't just be changed willy nilly, right? Right. If you don't, if you don't, it can be, it can be changed, but we're going to tell people that it's not going to be changed. And then that way nobody says, oh, we can change it. If all parties, that goes away. Right. But we shouldn't be having this conversation, you know, less than a week before the end of the year about closing before the end of the year when there's issues that would prevent it from closing anyways. And it's Christmas. So asking questions in advance and understanding the true situation of their their whole deal. And then when somebody asks you for some sort of um, let's call it a favor, because at that point. You have an executed contract. You have a closing date set. Yeah, your job is done. That house is going to close <laughs> and you are done. Any movement of that closing date is a favor that people are doing for some reason, like mm-hmm. for, for that bit, because maybe they want to, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Whatever. There's a million things. Yeah. There's a million things. Yeah. I don't need a reason. <laughs> they don't need a reason. Um, so it is a favor. And if you think about it that way, then it's easier to look at your schedule and say, you know what? I don't really have the ability to make that happen. And I would love to help you close by the end of the year. And with what's going on with the financing, it's just not going to be possible. And then I'm going to move on with my day. Yeah. Because it isn't possible because it's Christmas and I'm out of office. Yeah. And I shouldn't be on the phone because that person can't get a hold of their doctor, their dentist, their attorney, their mechanic, their grocery store. I could name off like the only place you can go on Christmas Day is Starbucks. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think McDonald's is open. Okay. Um, but the point is, is like there there are certain times where you really do you really can be completely gone and you should on Christmas day and you can do it on Christmas Eve too, I believe. And you can do it whenever you want. You just have to make the decision that you're going to do it. And then tell people in advance, make sure that they know that that's the situation. And then there's, there's really, um, a lot of like upfront prep work. So for example, my goal this week, well, obviously I have, I have my brother coming into town a little early. So we're doing like a little early Christmas. Then I'm back in the office in the middle of the week. And then we go out of town on the 24th for just the evening. And then we're back again. So it's kind of broken up, which isn't ideal. Thanks, Mark. <laughs> it's not an ideal situation. 
But the the plan is that I would like I would like my team to be able to take off the 23rd. Right. Or at least a half day on the 23rd. Mm-hmm. And um and then have the 24th and 20 the 25th this is Saturday, I think. So um and then the 26th cuz it's Sunday. Cuz it's Sunday. But I would like them to be able to take off. But the deal is that we have to make sure that everything is situated for the following week. Right, that the following week is prepped. That it's prepped. And so what that entails is looking at the calendar for the, the um, what's mo- the Monday when you come back, whatever that is, probably the 27th. Mm-hmm. Um, so what is happening the 27th through the 30th mm-hmm. or 30, is I think the 31st, 31st. is 31st. on this, it's on the, New Year's Eve. But it's on a Saturday, Yeah, I think, or no, it's on a Friday. Mm-hmm. So what is happening? Okay, so I'll tell us. The 27th through the 30th. The 31st is a Friday. The 31st is a Friday. Guess what's going to happen? Like this is thinking ahead. Title companies are going to want to close early on the 31st. Right. So if you have any closings in the last week of the year, you got to prep and be prepared for that in advance. So we all get to leave early on the 23rd or or take the day off if we're fully prepared for the following week because we do have a couple closings happening. So what has to happen for that week to be fully prepared, that we are done, that that when we get into the office on the 27th, we're not running around because we have something going on that week that wasn't prepared for. Right. And so if everyone can look through and, and prepare for that week, then we get to, to take the now, day off. Now, the, the benefit of this, no, I don't know if it's a benefit, but the difference of this is this is specifically all of these other entities right the 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 lender the the closing place title company, title company whatever uh the banks um everyone's closed right so easy enough because everyone's closed so so it is going to be what it's going to be and everyone kind of expects that that but when you're trying to do this exact same thing and that's not the case that's when it gets difficult for example uh, the lender just the or the title company just isn't going to be able to do the closing on this day. We have to push it till tomorrow. We're backed up, but tomorrow is when you have your stuff like a, a vacation starting. So how do you that like you see what I'm saying? Like it's easy. It's not easy, but when everything is closed because it's a holiday because it's New Year's, well then everything is closed and we'll we're just gonna you know. If if something happens, something happens, and it's just going to have to wait because everything's closed. But if you're taking a vacation in March and now all of, and you're trying to do the same thing, prepping for the following week, then all of a sudden it can be difficult because those places aren't closed. They aren't closed the next day and stuff. So we can't. So they might say, "Oh, we we need to push it, or we need to do this." And now all of a sudden, your schedule is all messed up because you see what I'm saying? Yeah, of course. But the and, and yes, it is easier when there's physically an excuse, right? Like if yeah. I can say the reason we can't make this happen for you is because the title company isn't open today, right? Or the banks aren't open today. The inspector <laughs> isn't going to get back to us because it's. Christmas or Thanksgiving or the 4th of July or it's whatever. It's easier to say to someone, we can't do this because of someone else. Right. <laughs> that's, <laughs> right? I guess that's my point, right? Yeah. But when you, when it's up in March and you're going on vacation, it's a lot harder to say. It, but that's just a mindset thing. Yes. Because 
Well, how we started this episode. Because is your time not as important as the people who work at the bank who get the day off or whatever? Like your time is just as important and you have to start thinking about it that way. And that is something I wish that I would have learned earlier. I wish I would have implemented earlier, which is to just be in my calendar at all times. And the the way that I prepare ahead is like part of my little ritual routine is to sit down on the weekend for an hour mm-hmm. and plan out my week and look at where am I going to get backlogged and what what do I need to accomplish this week and what things are going to get in the way of that. The more you do that, the more you sit down on a Sunday, work it into your schedule. And the more often you do it, the more you know what to look for when you're planning your week of uh, and being able to figure out how long something's going to take time management of that right yeah like got, all of that stuff get, it gets easier and easier and easier the first time you do it you're way off and then and i remember your you showing me she has all of her we might have talked about this before but all of her stuff in her calendar on her phone is all color-coded mm-hmm. and there isn't an open slot anywhere because she does put personal time in and color codes that as well but there was a time where it's like you couldn't possibly do what you have listed but you know for what? the week like you there's just like it's there's too much like you get better the more you do it at like knowing like this is going to take this much time so this is a whole nother conversation but it ties into this one of the ways that you, you start to learn first of all you can time yourself like you can do like a tracker for a couple of weeks and see how long things are taking you yeah, to you've do done that before and i do it periodically i did it recently just yeah. to see like where i was spending most of my time um because I find it interesting, like, but you could, you can just do it to sort of get a baseline of like, okay, it takes me an hour to do uh, an offer. Okay. And, and then that way, you know, if you're going to, I'm going to be showing properties to two, I'm just making stuff up. If you're going to be showing properties to two people this week, you might also be writing two offers this week. If it takes you four hours to show properties to people and an hour to write an offer, that's five hours that you need to have blocked out because that's probably what's going to happen, right? In in this market, um, is that you'd show a few properties and people would want to write an offer. So think ahead is is what I've learned over time is like think ahead for the whole week and sometimes even two weeks if you're going to be yeah, gone for a, a bit. Put a buffer in there. Then you're, you're actually kind of looking ahead for a couple weeks and seeing. And then also, this is another thing somebody said. Once they said that they have their assistant clear half their schedule every week. Like once they, like the schedule gets set. Now this person is uh, in a different place in their (laughs) career and life than me. Um, But I think it's a good idea. And I did it last week. This actually should be my small win because I was pretty proud of myself. Hold on. Small win, Catherine. <laughs> it just forced us into small wins. Okay. Well, we are talking about time management, and, and we're it's Sunday. <laughs> it's Sunday morning here, so let's wrap it up. Okay, I was really proud of myself though because I I did um, hear somebody a couple years ago say that they had their assistant basically clear half their appointments every week. So they would set them all up, and then they would look at them and say basically what's not important and or what can be cut and won't matter um or who do i not need to meet with right now i mean there's a, d- a lot of different ways to look at it and last week was really busy it was packed 
Like there was not a minute to go to the bathroom, to go to lunch. Like everything was, was filled in. And so I got to a point where I just said, you know what? I'm going to clear half of that day. I'm going to get rid of, set, there were a couple appointments and decide to meet with one of the appointments I've moved because I wasn't fully prepared for it. So why am I going to have the appointment and essentially waste my time because it's not going to be the productive meeting that I want it to be. So I moved it. And then something else I just all together said, why is that on here? You know, like it's filling my time and it's not needed. And so just being able to do that and not feel bad about it was a small win for me. Yeah. And just be like, you know what? This is the right thing to do. This will actually be better in the long run to clear half the schedule. And it allowed me time to catch up on a lot of things that I was starting to get really behind on that, um, you know, were client things that that there are people, you know, for the future, like pipeline stuff. But it's like we're, we say all the time fortune is in the follow up. But if I don't have time to do that proper follow up. Right. Then well, maybe that's something that fortune to be had. That's a good small win to take as a um, to take as a learning, uh, like a lesson and stuff. And maybe that's something to think about going into the first week of the new year is when you sit down on Sunday. She likes to have her coffee in the morning and sit down with her notebook and put her schedule together. Right. So you sit down, you put your schedule together and this is becomes a thing. And it's like, OK, the schedule is done for the week. Now I'm going to go back and I'm going to cut 30% out. Mm -hmm. Right. And then the following week you do it again and you say, I'm going to cut out 30%. And maybe that's a nice thing and a smart thing to do. So when you show me your calendar, it's not color coded across the board from eight o'clock in the morning until nine o'clock at night every single day. Right now, granted, personal time is factored in there and stuff like that. But maybe that is something that you can start to kind of implement and see, like, I'm going to cut 30 percent. I'm going to fill up my week and then I'm going to cut 30 percent out. What is what what I'm going to trim the fat mm-hmm. off of this and do that every single week. And then you can start to see what you're cutting out. Well, I think and, there's even a, something that comes to mind when you're you're saying all that is there's even a step further to say it's not it's not even just. trim the fat or or get rid of things it's should i be doing this well that's true too can someone else be doing this yes what is in my schedule that really isn't my job Mm -hmm. anymore yes because that's what i guess that's what i mean is you'll start to see the stuff that you're cutting out and be like why these things are repeating Mm -hmm. and stuff that's because it's not one of your five things it's something somebody else is supposed to be doing so if you're doesn't need to be done or it doesn't whatever i mean i can't think of an example of that but i know that they exist right it'll it would be like some sort of marketing thing or something like that and it's like okay well somebody else should be doing this or maybe this we're put we're saying this isn't important enough to be on the schedule which means that this needs to be re restructured and thought about because it's not every time I clean this house I think this is somebody else's job <laughs> well that's another thing we're going to work on this year I know I gotta get it made <laughs> we gotta figure, figure something out this house is way too big for two people um, and my small win is I made biscotti yes to, this week for Christmas and that was fun and it's delicious and so can I say one more thing yeah I'm gonna tag on to your small win yeah and steal your thunder no i'm just kidding <laughs> um i had put baked biscotti on my schedule 
It was supposed to be something fun that I did, but sometimes... <laughs> I, I took it away from her. <laughs> no, no, no. Sometimes, you know, you can fill your schedule with things and realize like, okay, I didn't actually have time to do that and have it be enjoyable. But right. we still wanted biscotti. Right. So I said, I'll do <laughs> so it. So Pat did it. And they're delicious. Yeah. <laughs> so Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. I think this comes out right before Christmas, right? Yeah. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Yeah. And we, we'll, we love we'll, we love the holidays. And we're going to... Our house looks like a Christmas store. <laughs> and we will have a new episode for you uh, the following week. We're going to go right through and then uh starting the first week of january it's uh season three. Oh my goodness i know crazy i know hey guys remember to rate and review us on itunes it really helps new listeners to find us you can also send questions letters and stories to us at our website on seekingthebest.com you can leave us a voicemail and we'll play it on the show send us a tweet at seek the best pod is that right did i say that right i think so right. <laughs> seek the best pod and for cat kale and myself thanks for listening and we'll figure this all out next week bye adios This has been a Think Live Be production.